This is Divorce Happy Hour, a show about divorce and issues people face going through divorce. Your co-hosts are Christina Previtt and John Nocklinger. For more information about the show and to connect with us, head over to divorcehappyhour.com. And now, on to today's show. Hi, you're watching a special joint episode of Divorce Shield Live and Divorce Happy Hour Live. Today, we're going to talk about starting over after divorce. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Nocklinger, the men's divorce coach and mentor and the co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions. Today, my guest returning to share more of her wisdom is Allison Fusella, who is a certified life coach. You can learn more about her at foundationscoach.com. Thanks for being here again today, Allison. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah. So this, uh, the idea for today's discussion came from an incredibly great article that um, Allison wrote about uh, the different ways that we can choose to start over after divorce and some choices that you can make to uh, learn to love yourself in a whole new way. And self-love, as we know, is very hard after divorce for a number of reasons. But before we dive into that, uh, for those of you that did not see the first interview with Allison, which you should go watch as soon as this, as soon as this is done, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what a life coach is. So a life coach is an accountability partner that helps you see what um, obstacles are keeping you stuck, what old negative thought and belief patterns that you have, and works with you to help you, you know, um, really remove those blocks, understand those blocks, and see how you can be your best self. I really kind of help people back to themselves. You know, a lot of times in life, and especially in a divorce situation um, or an unhappy marriage, you lose yourself. So a life coach just helps you really find who you are, redefine it, set your goals, and we kind of just help you get to from where you are to where you want to be. Um, and and you know, help you dream again and look for a life of unlimited possibility because we get to create the life that we want, right? A lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people don't understand that they are creating their reality. And if they don't like their reality, they can change it. But we get stuck in a lot of negative thought and belief patterns. And, you know, we have a hard time sometimes moving past that. We, we, we get stuck in ways of thinking. And sometimes we have to really question our beliefs. Are those our beliefs? Is that what I really believe? And is that true of me now? Or can I let that go? Can I move higher? Can I move into a different place? Can I see this with a different perspective? So that's really the benefit of a, of a life coach that really help you really dig into who you are. And, you know, and I had to do that for myself after my own divorce and really decide who am I and who, who do I want to be? And am I showing up like that every single day? That that's, I think that's huge. And I think that's what the be best benefit of a life coach is. And obviously we're talking about divorce today, but what other kinds of trauma do you help people with besides divorce? Um, really any kind of trauma. I mean, I've, I worked with women primarily um, for the first six years of my coaching practice, healing from narcissistic abuse and who had, you know, uh, mother's maternal narcissism, because that has a whole different effect on a daughter. And, and, and it's really worthiness issues. So really, you can you can 
have worthiness issues from basically anything. You can have been bullied in school. You, you know, I think we all uh, grow up and we internalize things to feel. I mean, you could have three children that my three children grew up in the same exact house and they're all, they all had different experiences. So there's things that you internalize as a child that you accept as your own or you accept that's who you are. And so I think we all to some extent have that. And I think that at some point in our lives, we have to take a good look at, am I proud of who I am? Am I showing up the way I want to be? And it's really, it really can be anything. You know, one of the, the interesting things I, I remember um, reading a book, the, the example that they used was, it was so benign. It was just a, a mother who, um, you know, her one daughter asked for an ice cream cone right after lunch. And the second daughter asked for an ice cream cone right before dinner. And one got a yes and one got a no. And the one that got a no internalized that because she wasn't loved as much and she was fat. And it was just amazing that the things that stand, I was like, why are they using such a, such a benign example? And I was like, Oh, that's why, because it doesn't matter that it was benign. If it's stuck inside of you and, and it said something about you, um, it matters. And, and you carry that into your adulthood and you carry that into your relationships. That's why it's so important. I think divorce is, can be a beautiful process to help you look at who you are and who you want to be and who you've become in that relationship. Did you lose yourself? And are you showing up as the best version of yourself? Because the world needs you and the best, the best you got. And a lot of times, you know, hurting people hurt people. And when we are um, in pain and we don't address it, we, 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 we don't present well, we go to work and we're crappy. We don't, you know, so it can, it can really be anything. And I think every single, I think every human on the planet needs a life coach <laughs> including myself, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's just, a, it's a great way to really have an accountability partner to look at who you are and to make sure you're showing up because that's all we have to do. I think one of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown is the most courageous thing you can do is just to show up. So if you show up as the best and brightest version of yourself, that's a, that's going to be a world I want to live in. Don't you agree? Oh, I completely agree. And I mean, at its core, just talking about what's going on in your life with somebody is so important. So many people put their head in the sand or they hide in a, you know, figuratively hide in a bedroom and just try to, you know, uh, push all of these feelings deep down. And then they come out like you were just talking about being crabby or not being present for your kids, not being present in your marriage. It comes out in all these unexpected ways that people just don't fully recognize that it's because of, you know, these unaddressed traumas that they've had some time in the past. Yeah, I think one of the, um, the best things that I can do for somebody is help them reshift their perspective because a lot of times, you know, somebody else's behavior is never because of you. But a lot of times we internalize that. So if somebody's incapable of loving, right, for, for their own reasons, right, and they can't open up their heart, um, uh, someone that's in partnership with that person is going to take that, is going to potentially receive that as an unworthiness issue. And it's not about you. And so that becomes that becomes this dynamic. Like when I work with couples, I really help them to understand what what the other person is saying and, and what what they're bringing to the table and what what's their what's theirs and and what's yours so it's like you a lot of people internalize um other people's behavior as something speaking of them and it defines them and their worthiness and it's just not true it's really speaking about another person i think that causes a lot of problems because you could help each other heal and grow and lift and be better right everybody not just in a 
in a, any kind of, um, you know, romantic relationship, but your friendships, your children, right? Understanding wh what you're, where you're at and not taking things personally. If you really, that's what I think the most important thing is uh, for everybody to take away from this is that if you really go after who you are and you are solid in who you are, no one can take that from you. And you are going to show up with a consistent, positive, healthy, powerful energy that's going to be important to all of your relationships. Um, I think that's really important to, 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 you know, to make sure that you don't let other people determine who you are. Yeah, you know, finding out who you are sometimes is half the trick, right? As, as some people, After, that's all the trick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, before we get into the mm -hmm. the main topic today, I do want to just give everyone a little context. So you were uh, married for quite a while and got divorced. How long were you married? Over thirty years. And what was it that pushed you to decide that divorce was the right decision for you? Um. I did. I did again. I did exactly what I'm. I'm teaching people to do. I did my own work, and I really, I really under. I really. I felt like I was. I felt like I lost myself, and I wasn't happy, and I didn't understand why. And I took the blame for a long time. You know, I just have to be better. I just have to do more. And I did that until I was exhausted, and I felt alone. And I was like, it doesn't feel right to feel alone in a marriage. And 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 I have to take a look at that. And at first I did the blame game like everybody else does. It's not me, it's you, but it's not. I had, I was like, I had to take a really, I had to do, I know I walk my talk. That's why I'm authentic. And, and I, that's why I'm a great coach because people can believe me. I have walked through your shoes. I understand where, what you're going through. And I did my own work. I'm not telling you to do something I have not done. And so I really, I took a look at, am I happy? And am I being the best version of me in this relationship? And the, 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 most eye-opening was, is this a relationship that I would be ecstatic to see my daughter in? And the answer was absolutely not. And so I had to take a really hard look at it. And before I got divorced, I was determined to do it in a state of love and grace for myself. I wasn't going to do it from a place of powerlessness and desperation. And I, I, I really did a lot of work to appreciate who he was, who I was, and so so that I could understand how we grew apart and how we stopped growing together. And then I I understood that we were better apart. That the best, highest, and most loving thing I could do was to leave this marriage so that he could be happy because he deserved somebody that loved him like crazy, and that wasn't me. And I deserved somebody to to love me like crazy that that I resonated with and that I could be happy with. And and that wasn't him. And we we have, we have respect for each other. We have three beautiful children together. Um, we were, you know, I look at him now as a healing partner. You know, he helped me grow in ways that I wouldn't have been able to grow. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't grow together. So that that was the that was the catalyst really and and i i decided i finally decided that i get to be happy and i i didn't think that 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 was something that i was entitled to for a long time because i was a mother and a wife and i had to make sure that i did whatever everybody else needed and so you that's another thing i want people to understand you know you, you can be happy you can be you and still be happy. You don't have to sacrifice who you are to be in a great relationship because it's not a great relationship if that's what you have to do. <laughs> just stay in it. So yeah, you just said something that I absolutely love that I've never heard anyone else say, which is 
when you're looking at a marriage, like in this marriage, think of it. Would you be happy if your daughter was in this marriage? Or you, I guess, if would you be happy if your son was in this marriage? Um, I think that's a great self-reflection for you to have, to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see whether or not if you took yourself out of your own body and put it somewhere else, would you think that's a good marriage that someone's in? Because we're always, yeah. you know, it's that whole thing where we're always able to see everyone else's problems, but not yeah. our own. I, I would say like, I would, would I, I, would, I really was careful. Like I was like, that's why I really took the time to be like, is who am I? And I want to come, I want to be the best version of myself here. And I would look at him sometimes and I'd be like, is, how would you feel if, if you heard somebody talk to your daughter like that? How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Cause I say that to myself, I make sure that I'm, I'm growing and you know, I'm being accountable for me. And I think that that's a, I think that's a big deal. If you have two people that are willing to be accountable for themselves and for the words they use and for the way that they make other people feel and for how they present, I think that you can work anything out. I really do. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that you, 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 you'd stay married, but you don't have, it doesn't have to be um, vicious and mean. I'm sure you see in your practice, a lot of spite and pain and, you know, people acting out in ways that are not their highest self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, I think that you could apply this, um, you know, thinking about how uh, other people, if, if you were in someone else's shoes, what would you think? I think you can apply it to everything in life. You know, if you're about to do something to somebody else, think about would you be upset if they did it to you? I think that's always a powerful way of deciding whether or not you're doing the right thing is just to kind of go into someone else's shoes. But I don't want to lose track of today's topic, which is the five choices that you can make to learn yourself in a whole new way and create the future you truly desire, which I read that directly from your article because I just love that sentence. It's just powerful in of itself. So the first thing, the first choice that, um, that you would indicate in your article was choose to face your fears and feel your feelings. Yes. Okay. That's a big one. That's a big one. So um, we all have fears. We all have feelings of unworthiness. And we all have feelings that a lot of times people run from. And especially, we've talked about this before, in this day and age, I think that there's a lot of pressure to be positive, be upbeat, hide your shame, hide, you know, hide the feelings that you have about your unworthiness. It's embarrassing. It's it's not positive. It's not productive. And you can't you can't go around this stuff. Divorce calls out your deepest, darkest fears and pains, and you have got to face them and feel them. One of the major pains, uh, one of the major fears, I should say, is being alone. Right. We we are all we're, we're creatures. To, we we crave belonging and togetherness and community. So, facing a divorce or having gone through a divorce, what is the biggest terror? Oh my God, I'm alone, right? Um, that's terrifying. If you don't face that, what do people do? They go out and like, oh my God, oh my God, I'll take you, and they get into worse marriages, worse yeah. relationships, right? Yeah. Because they don't have the ability to become, to, to, to sit with that fear 
to look at that fear, to understand that fear, right? And to be comfortable being alone, to, to, to be comfortable with who you are, to be comfortable. I'm happy with me. If you can figure out a way to love yourself and be happy, who wouldn't love you then, right? If you if you sit with yourself and you're like, this is, I am really proud of the the man, the woman that I am becoming, that I that I choose to be, how I show up. Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be in a relationship with you? And then you're not gonna be alone. And you're gonna call in somebody higher that is has is doing their own work. You're not gonna get into another relationship out of desperation. And I think that's a big, huge problem. That's why second divorce rates are higher than the first, right? Yeah. So how so if you were going to do this and really face your fears and face your feelings, do you need to have a coach or a therapist or somebody to help you do that? Or is this something that you could do on your own? I mean, you absolutely can do it on your own. A coach helps you because I know with my clients, um, you know, I can hear things that they're not saying. And so I push them into places that are uncomfortable. It's very difficult. I mean, I'm a coach. I do this for a living. And it was hard for me to do this myself, right? Because it's it's scary. And you don't want to feel unworthy. And you you don't want to own, you know, you don't want to see because there is a there is an element of of failure um, when you get divorced. Even if you want the divorce, and even if you know it's the best thing for you, it, it's still a very emotional time. And to feel those raw negative feelings it's easy to feel happy and love and joy and that's what we want i just want to feel loved and joy and happy and peaceful and calm but to feel the scary stuff to feel the loneliness to feel the unworthiness to feel the failure so that you can be better that 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 sometimes that takes an accountability partner i think i'm going to read a quote that I absolutely love that has to do with this topic. It's by Kerwin Ray. And it says, the most important way to overcome any feeling of discomfort is to bathe in it until it loses its edge. It's like exposure therapy. After a while, the discomfort melts into awareness and understanding and balance emerges as we see the gifts that were there all along hiding in the appearance of discomfort. So I think that is a, I think that's a beautiful quote. I think it speaks directly to the heart of this. I think that a lot of people really are uncomfortable feeling their feelings and you don't have to be. You can feel what you feel. You can, you can honor what you feel. You can, grow from what you feel. So I think that, you know, what's really difficult, um, and I think you, you touched on this already, is that people just, particularly men, but a lot of people in general, they do want to just ignore their feelings and deflect their feelings and convince themselves they're happy when they're really sad or go to a really, really angry place Mm -hmm. um, just to, just to, um, you know, put feel. the blame on somebody else so they don't have to face what they did. Sadness makes them feel vulnerable, weak, perhaps. So anger makes them feel like they're powerful, but they're still feeling. The men are, men need to feel too. You know, men need to know that their feelings are, that they're allowed to feel and that it's good to feel.
It's important to feel. I'm going to go on to the next topic. Choose to be truly deep for the, for the lessons. Okay, a lot of time, all the time, our greatest lessons come through deep pain. That is why it's so important to feel what you feel and to face your fears so that you can really question those fears and say, are, they, are these fears even valid? What am I afraid of? And really kind of own who you are. Maybe you re just need a whole new revamp and really need to discover, like, who am I and who do I want to be? And the lessons are in that pain. The lessons are are beautiful, but they're hard won sometimes. And it's it's difficult to go through a divorce and it's difficult to go through um, any kind of trauma or pain. And we do want to feel happy. So we tend to want to push those feelings away. But the, the you in order to, to, to gain the lessons, you have to feel the pain. That's how we grow. So to really be grateful for the lessons and to really go after what you, what do you, instead of how, why is this happening to me, to really take a look at what is this here to teach me? How can I grow from this? How can I be better? Um, the gifts are always overshadowed, you know, overshadowed by pain. Sometimes it's 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 really difficult to, um, you know, to move through that. That's why a life coach is, is a great option because, you know, I can help you just sit in there and, and figure out what really is hurting you and really to face it together and to be honest about what you are feeling and what you need and what you can do to create the life that you desire. That's a big deal, right? So to be truly grateful for the lessons does not mean that you have, that you enjoy it, that it's, that it's easy that it's fun, but being grateful will elevate you. It's, a, it's an elevated emotion. It'll take you to a place of love and gratitude that you actually will be able to feel good and feel good about yourself and feel good about what you're creating and have a new perspective and really love and respect the people around you. Even your, even your ex, you know, ex, you can, you, you loved them once before, so I think it's really important to understand who they are as a person, too, so that you can be peaceful and loving towards everybody, especially yourself. Um, that's another thing that, that I really want to talk about is making sure that you absolutely love yourself always, because that is the key. Because if you can only love somebody else to the extent that you love yourself. So if you are angry and bitter and not feeling good, you're not going to be able to love anybody else. You're not going to feel worthy of it. You're not going to feel, you're not even going to feel like it. You're going to feel sad, but you're, but you're, you're going to feel angry. So if you take the time to really love and appreciate who you are and fill yourself with so much love, it will just automatically spill onto other people and your experiences are going to be better and you're going to call in happier people and you know and and the more gratitude you have the the, the more um peace and happiness you will have but again in order to do that you have to face your fears you have to feel your feelings you have to be real about it you have to make sure that you're telling the truth that you're telling yourself the truth no blame uh, that's another thing that um, is really important. That doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve anybody. 
make sure that you understand what you're feeling and be grateful for the lessons. Okay, next, the third thing is choose to forgive what you can't forget. That is huge. So what I mean by that is that you can forgive. I had to forgive a lot of people in my life. I, I, for, I forgave them um, or I thought I forgave them, you know, maybe superficially. You know, I forgive you. I get it. But there were things that they did that deeply, deeply hurt me, that deeply, deeply affected me, and that I let, I let tell you know, dictate who I was. So I forgave, but there were things that I couldn't forget, or there were hurts that were unfair and unjust, and I didn't deserve it. And so I, I, I. I think I forgave, like I said, from a superficial standpoint, but I couldn't forget. And the things that I couldn't forget, they hurt me. They continue to hurt me. And I, I, there's, a, there's a saying by uh, Mark Twain, forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet gives off on the heel that crushes it. So, you know, we forgive for ourselves. We don't forgive for other people. And when you can't forget the hurts that were um, and the injustices that you feel were thrown upon you and done to you that were unfair, you hold that pain and you hold that in your heart and it affects you. It affects who you are. It affects how you show up. It affects your ability to trust other people. That's a big deal. So that's not really forgiving because it's still winning and it still has power over you. So we forgive in order for us to release the attachment to the to the pain, to gain, to take our power back, to disconnect from that pain. And, and again, if, if we don't forgive what we can't forget, we are still connected to the pain. You know, if we still play it in our head, like, yeah, I forgive, but, you know, but, but oh boy, that, that thing she did or, um, you know, the way she treated me or, you know, how she hurt me. That just Every time you think of it, it makes you angry. You haven't forgiven. And if you haven't forgiven, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. And like I said, you don't forgive for other people. You forgive yourself for yourself to release yourself from the attachment to the pain. It's not them getting away with it. They don't they didn't get away with it. If somebody did something really bad to you, that speaks of them. It doesn't speak of you. You stay. You do what you have to do to stay in a place of pure love, pure gratitude. Be the love that you need. Forgive for yourself. Forgive because you love yourself. Forgive because you don't want to torture yourself with that pain anymore. Okay? That's, that's what you need to do. So that's number three. So number oh. one, choose to feel your face your fears and feel your feelings. We went over that. Number two, choose to be truly grateful for the lessons. We, we went over that. Number three, choose to forgive what you can't forget. We went over that. So we're on to number four. Okay. Number four is choose to own your worthiness. Oh, this is a big one. It's a big one. And it ties into all the other ones. That's why it's a really important to 
in, in order to, you know, in order to face your fears and feel your feelings, you have to feel worthy of that. You have to feel worthy of your own time and your own love, right? Um, to, in order to be grateful, you have to feel your own worthiness. You're grateful for the lessons. I'm grateful that I'm growing. I'm becoming more worthy. I'm really happy. A lot of times, the reason people don't want to feel their feelings is because the feelings aren't good and they don't really they don't like what they would be have to feel or or they don't like who they have become. So I think that's a big deal. So that that it, it, that this ties into every single one of them. And choose to forgive what you can't forget. What you missed when I was talking about that was that if you can forgive somebody superficially, but if you keep playing that story in your head, you're just hurting yourself. You're just hurting yourself because you forgive to detach from the pain. And so it's really important to, to really own your worthiness. You know, to love yourself, to take a look at the blocks. Oh, my favorite. I think I might have shared this last time. My favorite Rumi quote. Um, the task is not to seek for love, but to seek all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I love that. That's awesome. Right? So it's like, this is it. Own your worthiness. What makes you unworthy? Whoever said you weren't worthy? Whoever said that? And a lot of times it, it, it goes back to your childhood. You know, people, I'll say to them, I want to know who told you you weren't worthy. I think you're worthy. I'm, I'm like, I'm important. My, my opinion matters. Why don't you listen to me? Who told you you weren't worthy? You know, and it goes back to something that happened in their childhood that they're like, oh, you know, they, they received that message, you know. And then what happens is if you have a if you have a feeling of unworthiness, right, you go into a marriage or a relationship your your subconscious works to believe to prove that your beliefs are true. So you go into a really a relationship that proves, oh yeah, that's right, you are not worthy, right? That's it. So you have to by owning your own worthiness and really understanding um, who you are and that you are worthy of love. You know why? Because I I know that I can give love, so I'm worthy of receiving it. I'm worthy of trust. Why? Because I'm trustworthy. And so you can trust me. So I need to trust you. When you start really owning your worthiness, you're going to require that from somebody else. You're going to require them to love you in the same way that you love yourself. If you don't, if you don't think you're worthy, you're not getting that from somebody else. You're going to call on somebody that doesn't have their own worthiness and is not going to be able to give it to you. So you're going to mirror each other in unworthiness. And that's how that's how the destruction starts. So when you're in a marriage and um you know your wife is telling you you know you're worthless you're this you're that is it really because of what happened in your childhood and the things that um are in your subconscious that you internalize that in the negative way as opposed to just be able to brush it off and and have the deflection like no I'm I'm entitled to feel good. I'm entitled to be loved. You're the one that has the problems. Like, why is it that we get so upset when our spouses tell us that we're worthless or that we're horrible, we're bad parents? You know, all of the things that people will say in a marriage when they're upset. Because there's a piece of you that believes that's true. So when they say that, it touches you. That's why I told you it's so important to do your own work. Because if you did your own work and he's like, wait a minute, 
am I unworthy? Am I unworthy? Like I have to take a look at that because ouch, ouch, that hit me that like, it's not going to hit you if it doesn't resonate with you on some deep level. Right? So if you believe in any part of your being that you are unworthy and somebody says you're unworthy, you might like, Oh, they see it, you know, and then you'll you you might get mad on the surface, but it's going to make you feel more unworthy. It's going to reaffirm your unworthiness. That's why somebody can't say, what are you kidding me? I'm not unworthy. I'm not unworthy at all. And 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 stand in their power. You don't get to talk to me like that. I would love to work this out. I would love to have a, a sit down and have a conversation with you, but I respect you. You're worthy. And so am I. And we're going to have an adult conversation and we're going to have it from a place of love and respect or I'm not having it. That's what that's what should be the answer. Right. But but if if somebody if you have if it's in you that you're not worthy and somebody points that out to you. You're going to believe it. Number one, number two you're feeding off of each other because nobody that has a sense of true worthiness and is full of love would ever say that to another human being. You know what I mean? So if somebody's saying, if somebody's saying to somebody else, you're worthy, it's because they believe that that's even possible that they feel that about themselves. I mean, that's, that's exactly what the issue is. And I think you've said this before that if you don't address this issue, you know, and you go into another relationship, it's just going to recycle again. And you're going to go through the same issues in a new relationship. It's that, I mean, I think that's what you're really talking about here is the things you need to do after a marriage before you move on. And this is so important. And I got to tell you, I think I would, I would uh, bet most people have a diluted sense of their own worthiness on some mm -hmm. level. Yeah, because we all and I, I think it's just so important to really, really take a look at that, because, of course, we do. Right. We, we, we need to belong. We need to feel love. It's a fundamental need. So we that is a fear. Right. And and it happens, you know, it can happen on the playground and, you know, the bunch of kids didn't ask you to play kickball. You know what I mean? It can little little things from life just kind of get in there and, you know, the louder voice need it, it all of a sudden that becomes the louder voice. The louder voice needs to be, I want to know, like for myself, when I did my own work, you know, I know where my unworthiness issues came from. My father disappeared and had nothing to do with me. My father did not care that I was alive. And I was like, that doesn't bother me. I don't give a shit about that. Of course that bothered me. How would I, how could I possibly think that that didn't bother me? Um, but I denied that for a long time. My whole, you know, all, when I was, you know, tough 20 year old, I, that doesn't bother me. But my father didn't care that I lived. That's a big one. <laughs> right. So when I was like, when I was looking at my own worthiness issues, who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you you were unworthy? Right. I was like some guy, some guy that that's that's so pathetic that he couldn't even show up for his own child. That has nothing to do with me. I was just a baby. I was just an innocent baby. Right. So I was like, I, as an adult, now after I had, I wasn't able to do that until after I had children. Cause I was like, my, you have a daughter. She doesn't have to do anything ever to be worthy. She just has to wake up, breathe, 
That's it. You know, she just has to be her little beautiful little precious self. And I was like, when I had my children, I was like, oh my God, I, I didn't realize I don't have to earn my worthiness. I don't have to kill myself to prove that I'm worthy. I am worthy and I have to go find that on my own. It was the best gift my father ever gave me. It's the only thing he ever gave me was completely to, to he died without having, having acknowledged that I lived so that I was able to fight for my own worthiness, own it like nobody's business and then help other people do it. That That's how it. Old were you, how old were you when you finally um, were able to recognize that? I was in my 40s. Believe it or not, I was in my 40s because I I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And all I knew was I, I, I'm not that worthy. I better I I were I was became a a I'm, I'm a, I love when you say you're a recovering divorce attorney. It's so funny. I am a recovering perfectionist. I had to be perfect to to, and you know perfectionism is the greatest form of self-abuse because it is the only unattainable goal that you can set for yourself. So every day in every way, I failed. I could never get to be perfect, but damn, did I work hard to try. And so <laughs> I almost you know, killed myself with exhaustion trying to be worthy until I, until I really, I took a good hard look at, you know, and I think that me being a mom, you know, like remember I told you before, if you believe something and somebody says it about you and there's a, there's an element of truth to it or, or truth to what you believe, you'll, you'll, you can internalize it. You'll get mad and you'll push it away, but you'll, it'll affect you. I knew that 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 I was the best possible mother that I could possibly be. There is nothing that I could do that was better in my knowledge I showed up every day in the highest way. It was the most important thing in the world to me. And that helped me own my worthiness because I was like, who told you you weren't worthy? Who told you? This man that never showed up. And here you are in that, in that loving these children and showing up in the best and highest way all on your own. Good girl. Good for you. You know, so that's what I'm saying. You've got to start looking at who you really are and start really appreciating who you are and what you bring to the table and how you show up. And I think that's a lot of times people don't do that. And when you really get comfortable with you, you're like, you know, I am, I'm not, I'm not like, like, um, boastfully worthy. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean selfish and boastful and conceited. No, it means I'm really, really proud of how I showed up and I'm comfortable with it. And that makes me happy and peaceful. And that makes me more loving to other people. And that makes me more empathetic and compassionate and kind because I can understand people's hurts and I can under, and I can also help people guide them back to themselves. It, it makes me better. It makes me loving. And, and really what we, what do we all want to do is get back to a place of love. How do you make yourself feel more comfortable with your worthiness? By, t by taking a good hard look at who you are and, and, and what you bring, you know, really, really, and like, really, you know what it is? Approach it with, I love this, approach it with curiosity, mm. right? What makes you unworthy? What makes you unworthy? And what's good about you? You know, like, I, I started to say, like, 
I can see the good in everybody. I love people. I see everybody's potential. I, I love to lift people. I, I love people. I'm a great person. I'm really kind. And then I was like, well, if that's how I want to be, if I'm really kind and I'm a great person, damn, I'm full and short because I am not kind to myself. Holy. And I was like, whoa, look at that. I can't sit here and go, look at how, look at me. I'm kind, compassionate, empathetic, loving. When I, when, when 24-7, I'm like, do more, do more. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. That's not kind. That's not loving. That's not compassionate. And so it starts with me. So if I did 50 million things that day and oops, I forgot to take the laundry out of the dryer. No big deal. It will be there tomorrow. You know, like there, there was, I was so hard on myself and I was like, if I have, I made it, I defined who I wanted to be and what it wanted, what I wanted it to look like. And I was not treating myself like that. Okay. So that means I'm not that. So you start here. So when I want to be kind, then I start being kind to me right now. So I would do like until noon today, girl, I'm going to be nice to you no matter what happens. And that's how you start. That's how you start owning your own worthiness. You start being that person, not to everybody else, right? How easy is it to be so kind to everybody else? Do, do, do for everybody else. But you don't do that to yourself. A lot of people are hard on themselves, right? And, and like you said, if you're in a divorce and you feel shame, you're not going to take a good hard look at how wonderful you are because you feel shame. That's why you got to face the shame. You got to face the fear. You got to understand where it came from and then you have to decide who to be and start being that so that you can be really proud of who you are. And then every, and then you, you do it day by day. You stay present moment. Today was a good day. Then tomorrow is a good day. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I really like who I've become. Does that make sense? It does, and I think that's a great segue into the fifth, um, the fifth thing, which is choose to dream again. Mm -hmm. And I—that's my favorite. I will say Me of the too. five because um, that's one thing that people lose sight of when they're in a bad marriage. You know, the the future looks grim; it looks dark, and yeah. now now you can dream again. So, tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, I love that one, too. And it's so important, like you said, because sometimes you, I mean, you do lose your ability to dream and it does look dark and you lose your hope and you you lose your way. You know, you lose your way. And if you're not happy within yourself, you're not happy about anything. Um, what I think people miss in this in this place is that you are creating your own reality. You are right. And you can change it at any given moment. So it is a choice to dream again and to really think about what is it that I want and what is it that I want to create and to have hope. It, it, it reinstills hope in you, you know, because it and a lot of times, too, I think people just in midlife, you know what I mean? Like, I know for me, I had um, I had so many goals and aspirations and I wanted to go to I you know wanted to go to college and I got an accounting finance degree and I wanted three children and I wanted the White House and the figure fence and I did all that stuff. And I'm like, OK, well, now what? Now I'm heading towards 60. What do I do now? Right. So it's like, what do I do now? And and I think some and especially when you're getting divorced in middle age, it's scary. You know, it's like it, you know, oh my gosh, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm um I always I always say I'm sliding into 60, and my friends will get mad at me. They're like, we're 56. I'm like, I'm that's sliding into 60. Uh. Um, <laughs> So um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get used to it now, but uh, 
it's just so funny. It's like mid middle age. Sometimes it, it is scary because I think this is when you when you're 20, you think, oh, when I'm in my mid 50s, my kids will be grown. They're out of college. We get to relax. And oh, my gosh, your life just took a, to a total, you know, it just dumped on its head. Uh oh, uh oh. In your in your, you know, your middle middle the middle age what do I do? Where do I go? Especially, and I know for, you know, just, just with men are winding down their career, thinking about retirement, who am I going to retire? How am I going to, why would I retire? I'm going to be alone. Like there's so many fears in that. Cause you think that you at, by this age, you're going to be settled. And when you disrupt your entire life to find that peace or that happiness, or just to really just to stop being unhappy um, in a lot of cases, it's kind of scary. So you're going to choose to dream again and you're going to choose. That's part of the worthiness, right? You have to be worthy in order to want to work hard to create something beautiful for yourself, right? So these things are, they're all tied together and they're all essential. Every single one of them is so important. Yeah. I'd say the dreaming too, regardless of whether you're going through a trauma or not like divorce, a lot of people, when they get to a certain age, they just think that, you know, dreaming's for young people. Dreaming's for people that are younger than me. I'm, I'm too old to be dreaming about, you know, all these things. And I just think that's such crap because, you know, unless, I mean, you're not dead. So why can't you dream? I mean, even when you're in your 70s and 80s, I mean, you still have life in front of you. Dream, Absolutely. dream, always dream big. There's always something you can offer to the world. Always. And I think, yes, as you get older, too, you know, all the lessons and all the wisdom, too, it's beautiful. And you can there, there is so much fun to be had because you know, don't you don't you wish you knew what you knew you knew when you were 20, what you know now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That's why, like when I coach young people, I get so excited because I was like, I wish this. Most of my clients are, you know, middle age, but like I have a few young very enlightened, wonderful, you know, 20 somethings that I just, I get so excited to coach because I'm like, if, oh my God, what I wouldn't have done to have somebody talk to me and tell me and set me on the right path. I, I, I was so lost in, in my twenties and so misguided and so unsure of myself. And there's a lot of, I think, you know, and the, I just love coaching kids that are in their twenties because I think they're they're gonna they have the potential now to to make something really beautiful with their life and not have to go through all the the life lessons that we had to go through. You know, I never would have even considered in my twenties going to a life coach. How in the world did they find you? Like, how did this happen with the younger people? It's amazing. I don't know. I have I have one client that he just he's just he's just the greatest kid and. He's just so enlightened and he's really, he really wants to, to learn about himself and grow. And he's just amazing. And he literally just looked up life coaching and he's amazing. And I'm really proud of him. And, and I always, I tell him that all the time, I'm like you are so far ahead of, of the, of the, and I think he's, he feels that too, you know, like he does, there's not a lot of people that are where he's at, but I'm like, it's cause you're going to do great things. And it's just beautiful to see. So yeah, there's just some people that understand how important it is to really know who you are in order to choose a partner. That's the truth. I had no idea 
who I was when I was choosing a partner. I couldn't imagine my 20-year-old daughter choosing a life partner right now. I chose my life partner when I was 20 years old. You know, you don't even know yourself when you're 20. You're a baby. You know, so I'm, I'm just really proud of him that he's taking the time to understand who he is, which is a lot more mature than most adults, you know, and then their 50s. He takes the time. He he, you know, I'm honest with him and he takes a good look at it. It's not always pretty, but he wants to figure out who he is so that he can create a beautiful life and not repeat patterns. And I think that's amazing. That is incredible. I'm I'm so impressed. Yeah. But I will tell you that just about everybody, whether you do life coaching, therapy, you know, whatever, you need to spend time working on yourself. Everybody, everybody can benefit from concentrating on themselves. And most of that requires some, you know, self-reflection, but it really, really, really requires somebody else helping to see your blind spots and helping to see the things that you can't see. And I think that, you know, if there is anyone in their 20s that is watching this, you would benefit from contacting somebody like Allison particularly, particularly if you think there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and you are, you know, this perfect person, which some people believe that because you've, there's something that you need to work on. There's something yeah. all of us need to work on. And I just think that, you know, I, I love the message that you've conveyed today about, and of course we were talking about post-divorce, but these are things that, you know, you should be working on regardless of what's going on in your life. And if you, you know, if you can't dream anymore, if you don't have a sense of worthiness, if you can't choose to forgive, you know, people, and you're not grateful for the lessons you've learned in life, if you can't face your fears and face your feelings, regardless of what you're going through, you need to recognize that those things are going to substantially impact your life in all kinds of ways that are visible and not visible. And I just think it's so, I, I'm so impressed by someone in their 20s coming and working with you because- Me too, he's awesome. He's, he's I awesome. Mean, mind, I mean, mindset is at the core of everything. I mean, you just talk mm -hmm. to anyone who is a business owner, they'll tell you that, you know, really in order to flourish, um, having a business, you have to be good with yourself. You have to have a good mm -hmm. mindset. Everything starts with you relationships, business, raising children, every a parent. Everything course, starts with everything you. Everything starts with you. Uh, That's right. And a lot of times and I don't like, think people realize that. Ex well, I exactly. And I think they don't realize it for two reasons. Number one, some people are like, oh, it's selfish to concentrate on me. And that's just ridiculous. Um, I think that's just an excuse. And number two, it goes back to the worthiness issue. You know, if you are having problems in your relationships when you're in your 20s, okay, there's problems. It's not It's not everybody else. Take a look at you. You know what I mean? Take a look at what you're bringing and what your insecurities are. And, you know, it's not it, it, It's not everybody else because you're going to end up in a, in a marriage like that. We, we tend to marry, you know, what's familiar to us. And if there's things that from our past that we haven't worked through, we will work them through in a marriage. You know, we will work them through. So it's yeah. it's much better to work them through on your own. Know that you're worthy. Um, it's all about self-love. You know, that is the hardest part is to love ourselves. It feels uncomfortable, which is so sad. 
it feels uncomfortable. It either feels like I said, either people say it's selfish and they dismiss it, or it feels so uncomfortable because you don't like yourself that I, how am I going to eat? How am I going to love myself? That's, that's, that's weird, you know, or, or that's uncomfortable. So they, they, they don't do it. They look away. But if you don't love yourself, you are not capable of truly loving somebody else. You're, you have to fill yourself up with love because then you see people differently. And in a relationship, you will own your stuff. You will. And then, and I think that that's the problem when you, when you start getting into the blame game and you play that for 20 years, you're getting divorced. You can't, that's not sustainable. You're not growing together. You know, that that's, I think that's what separates people. Um, you don't have the ability to understand people because you're like, well, I, well, you don't understand me. I need, you know, it's, it's all about what can you do for me instead of what can I, what can I give here? So it, it's all worthiness and self-love big deal. That's such a wonderful message. I hope people are internalizing what you're saying, Allison, because I mean, most people will hear it and it'll go in one ear and out the other. But if only a few people internalize it and realize they need a little help reflecting on some of these things, mm -hmm. um, I really think they should get in contact with you. So please tell us if someone wants to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? So my website is foundationscoach.com. Uh, you can schedule a consultation with me. We can have a conversation to see if it's a, a good fit. I coach, you know, I do focus on people in pain and helping you remove blocks and negative thought patterns. My phone number is 973-396-2408. And I'll, I'll give, I guess, I mean, my email's on my website. So the best way to get in contact with me is through my website. So foundationscoach.com. So whether you're 21 or 81, yes. Allison can help you. <laughs> I, love motto. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Allison. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out divorcehappyhour.com. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.